All right, just a quick rundown on what this series, Adventures in Tefl, is about. So basically, it is taking what I learned as an English teacher in Thailand. I taught grades 7 through 9, teachers age 11 to 16. Take what I learned there and how it could be applied to other things later on in life. So basically, a classroom, we have a group of people. It's a microcosm of any other social group you may encounter later on in life and how what I learned there it can be applied to other things later on in life. Be using specific students as an example and specific situations. I won't mention their names, but that's basically the premise of this series. Adventures in Temple. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Alright, group dynamics. You work with this when you are a school teacher. In a, inside a classroom, which I was when I was in Thailand as English teacher. And within a group, it is a, it's a microcosm of a larger social community of what you may encounter later on in life. Besides the point, one of these personalities that you'll often encounter is someone that has a very strong personality, someone that is not afraid of making their voice heard, very keen on making their opinions known by everyone else within that circle. These people, they tend to be, they can be categorized into three separate groups. First would be someone that is seen as a leader. When they make their voice known about what they think, about what they want, or they do something, other people they tend to follow, which makes them a leader. Another type of person is someone that they like to make their voice known and they tell people what to do. These are the bossy types. And the other people, they tend to listen to what this person has to say. So that's the bossy type. And the third type, it's someone that when they make their voice known, other people aren't too happy about it. They think that this person that is being very loud about their wants and desires, they they are pushing away all the other voices that are within that group as well. Their group is, this person's voice is taking far too much presence within this group. So the other voices, they are being marginalized. And it is this third archetype of person that is, has a very strong personality type and pushes aside the opinions of others, intentionally or not. This is the archetype of person that I'm referring to for this video. And I have two specific examples of this type of person. One is a seventh grade girl, excuse me, one is a seventh grade girl and one is a ninth grade boy. And starting with the seventh grade girl, you know, she was a very enthusiastic learner in a challenging class. Most of the students within this seventh grade class that I taught is one of them. They weren't very motivated to learn. And I remember when I was teaching this class, quite often it would be, for most classes, I'll be lecturing and I'll ask the students, all the students, a question. And this girl I'm referring to, she'll almost always have her hand up. And not just have her hand up, she would like to shout, Teacher, me please! She really wanted me to call on her so that she can answer. And I thought this was adorable, and I called on her quite often, more than any other student. And as the semester went along, this was during the first semester, 
Uh, the other students, they started disliking her, they started resenting her because she was answering the questions so much more often than everyone else. As such, you know, eventually a group of them, they went to their homeroom teacher to complain, saying that me, as a subject teacher, their English teacher, I called on the other students, this one student, far too often, and not the other students enough. I didn't really understand this at the time, I thought it was fair, of course, these students didn't think so. Of course, I, with the homeroom teacher saying this, and all of the, many of the other students saying this, I obliged. And part of the reason why I called in this girl so often was her enthusiasm. Now, this was a challenging class, you know, it helped when, when I asked, asked a question, someone really wanted to respond to me, help me move the lesson along quicker so that I can get to all the points I wanted to get to, which was a mistake on my part. I'll get onto later. Anyway, so I spread out the calling of who would answer the question a bit more fairly for the second semester. Well, I thought it was fair. Despite this though, by the end of the school year, a lot of these students, they still didn't like me. Of course, I, they weren't great students, most of them weren't great students, but that is besides the point. Lesson to be taken away from this is that if you make a poor first impression, it's very difficult to try to recover from that. Using my mistake as an example, I called on one student far too often which a lot of the other students, they felt they were being ignored and not paying, being paid attention to, which they weren't happy about. And when I made the poor, poor first impression of not concentrating on the group, you know, with all their problems, it's very difficult to make things as good as they could have been if you started off on the right foot. And this goes with any other failures of leadership as well, such as if you're seen as being incompetent or if you are seen as someone that's not trying hard enough. It's especially when you are in the beginning and you are going into a group and you're expected to lead a group when you're new there, it's, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be a lot of difficulties. Outside of that, we're going to make a lot of mistakes as well. You know, you're not going to avoid the mistakes. There are mistakes that are going to happen. And many times, people aren't very forgiving in the mistakes that you make. One way you can counter that is you take things in a different perspective. You look at the other person in this group. They, what do they want? What are their desires? And more importantly, beyond that, what is expected of them when they are within this group? In the school setting, as an example, students in that social dynamic, they are expected to do well in class. You know, they're expected to do the coursework so that they can advance in the next grade. Knowing that, how can you help them in reaching what it is that they are obligated to do? When people show, see that you are putting in that effort to try to help them, they oftentimes will be more forgiving to the mistakes that you make. So that was the seventh grade class. Now on to the ninth grade class. These were, there were teenagers. 
and oftentimes with my teenagers, they are quite challenging. And with this class, this ninth grade class in particular, one of them that I, one of the ninth grade classes I had, they were a very noisy class. So one of the things that was that made it very noisy was I failed to get these students to raise their hand to answer a question for most of the school year. So it was a matter of whenever I posed a question, who can process the question fastest and give me the correct answer or whatever it is that they thought was the correct answer. So it was a matter of who can process information the quickest and it was often it was this ninth grade boy that I'm referring to for this class. He was very clever, he did very well in school, academically, well he did well in school academically, which made him very quick on the ball when, whenever I asked a question, he would normally arrive to the answer the quickest, which gave him a larger voice, a dispro disproportionately large voice in the classroom discussions. I was lucky though, because this being teenagers, a lot of them, they didn't care about learning. So when it was this one boy that was answering so many of my questions, you know, the others, they were, they were teenagers, they were like, oh, I don't care, you answer the question so I don't have to pay attention. It, but it was a difficult challenge for me because I had to speed up the class to a point where I can challenge this one specific boy that was very clever. Which, it left a lot of the other students in the dust and it put a lot of pressure on me to move it along really fast to think of, all right, what's next? I'm sure even though a lot of the students here were indifferent, a lot of them still wanted to learn. With me not sitting the pace of the class, to the median, the average student, sitting at, at the far end, the quickest student, it discouraged a lot of the students, those that perhaps they wanted to learn, they just gave up because, you know what, this is too hard. I'm sure a lot of them thought that. And that was the mistake I made. When you're, whenever you set a pace for whatever it is that you're learning or whatever it is you're trying to achieve, moving from, trying point, from one point to another, you don't try and go as hard as you can, set it in the middle. The person that is slowest, or they work towards moving a bit quicker. You don't push them too hard, but just enough so that they have to try really hard in order to keep up. While the fastest ones, well, they'll slow down a bit, gain a further understanding of whatever it is that is being taught. And perhaps, especially with strong personality, they can become one of your lieutenants and help facilitate moving towards that objective. So with this ninth grade class, eventually I did get them to raise their hand to that by pointing water guns at you at them. Of course, you don't do that with adults. You use other methods to lead a group from point A to point B. And with this ninth grade class specifically, eventually I did get this one boy that I was referring to to respect me more towards the very tail end of the school year. And with this, I'm sure a lot of the other students, the other students, they looked to this one boy because of his strong personality on what to do. And when they saw that he fell in line, you know, the others followed suit. So essentially he sort of became a lieutenant, which was, 
was what I was referring to previously. And with both these instances, both the seventh grade, very bubbly and very enthusiastic seventh grade girl and the ninth grade boy that was very arrogant and very clever. You have to focus on the entire class, well, the entire group, entire social circle, not just on the people that are the quickest. If you have people that are the quickest, you set it in the middle. You let other people that are not as quick, let them follow suit and push their boundaries so that they can keep up. While the people that are faster, they can slow it down and help you out. Because if you go too fast, well, a lot of people that aren't able to keep up, you know, they will begin to give up. You know, they start disengaging. Especially if you have one strong personality type that you are focusing on solely. The other people that feel they are being brushed aside, people crave attention. And if you don't give them that attention, well, they're not going to be part of that group anymore. They're physically there, but they're not really part of the group. Such, you lose a significant subsection of the group there. Another group, section of the group you lose is the people that they come to resent you for not paying attention to them. Perhaps they may even actively undermine you, which is a problem, obviously. So, think of it this way. You have a group of people. Why do people, a group of people come together? There is a goal that they're trying to reach. Whether it is they're trying to get good grades or they're trying to win a team sport, meet revenue goals, build a bridge, what have you. It's a group of people coming together to try to do something. And you, presumably the leader, you're there to try and help them reach whatever it is that they're trying to do. You have to do that by getting everyone involved, trying to move the entire group from group A to group B, not trying to lose a large section of the people along. And of course you do this within reason. You know, sometimes there's going to be people that you can't help. That's besides the point is beyond the scope of this video. So you're moving people from from point A to point B. You do it in a in as efficient manner as possible. You focus on the person that is in the middle and you try to adjust things so that everyone can move towards that. Maybe as running a mile, you know, go as fast as you can. You go at a pace where everyone else can march to as well. People are slowest, they try to march a bit faster, while the people that are really quick, well, they can slow down and help you along.